Welcome to the Focus and Chill podcast, where we discuss productivity tactics that work for neurodiverse individuals. Every episode, we interview guests with lived experience of neurodiversity who also have a solid productivity and habit game, and pass the learnings on to you, our wise and benevolent audience. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Joey. I'm Joey, and I coach creatives to get moving on their most ambitious projects through the power of solid habits and strong focus. I'm also a perpetual student of psychology and perpetually on a quest to a one-armed chin-up. And I'm Jeremy. I'm a neurodiverse software developer turned startup founder, building habit and focus software for people with ADHD. My cool party trick is leaving parties early so I get to sleep on time to do my three hour long morning routine. The Focus and Chill podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though. You'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to focusbear.io. Welcome to episode 22 of the Focus and Chill podcast. We're thrilled to be joined by Andrew Simpson today, who is the founder and CEO of Either Automation Inc., a Zoho expert based in British Columbia, Canada. With a passion for Zoho's efficient systems, he transitioned from being a partner to focusing on development. Andrew has a, has a diverse background, having previously worked as a marketing manager at Kingman Industries, where he doubled the company's monthly revenue in six months. He also co-founded 8020 Media, implementing social media marketing strategies for clients. Welcome to the show, Andrew. It is it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. To start off with, could you tell us a bit about your experience with neurodiversity? When did you realize that you weren't neurotypical? Well, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was like 18 or 19. Uh, I kind of always suspected, like I was like, I, you know, it was very, very hard to pay attention for, for long periods of time. Uh, I'm very surprised that I graduated in high school. Uh, it, I think that goes to show like the, you know, not good study habits or, or ability to stay focused, but like I. I'm, I was very smart, and so I lucked out with high school. Uh, but I was diagnosed in, you know, I was 18 uh, after I dropped out of university, or 18, 19 after I dropped out of university. Uh, after I realized like, something seriously wrong here, because, you know, when I can focus, things go very well. I can't focus, it's really well. Um, the other part of that is I learned, I think, more recently, right, after I watched, uh, watched a video from... Uh, that guy, I don't, I, I want to see Johnny Harris or something like that about his dyslexia. And uh, he's describing it, like describing the symptoms of like, you know, what he, what he sees, it's like letters and shifting. Like this sounds, uh, sounds familiar. This is why I can't read sheet music. Right. Which was, uh, you know, particularly problematic when I, you know, used to make music. Um, uh, you know, I couldn't read the music. So I was like, okay, this is, you know, I get music. I just can't read it. So, yeah, so that I'd say uh, that's kind of the background of it. Um, in terms of challenges, um, 
you know, studying was very difficult. I dropped out of university before I was diagnosed with, with ADD, um, particularly because it's extremely difficult to study for long hours um, or, you know, do anything for, you know, long hours, you know, stay focused on something. Um, so that was particularly difficult. Um, reading with, you know, you know, was also difficult. Like, um, so I ended up like working around that. I, I read often now, but not, not like with, with a book. So I listen to an audio book and I go through a lot of those now that it's like, I get fidget and look somewhere else and hello, Hey, look, there's a bird, um, and still consume the content. Um, that's, that's been incredibly helpful since, uh, uh, you know, that, that's kind of how I dealt with, with that. Yeah, and it, it, there's probably a lot of things that make it easier now than it was when you were 18. The school system probably wasn't set up well to to be aware of of people who might have attentional challenges. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I remember specifically with math, I'm extremely good at math, right? Um, and I would get correct answers on tests, right? But I wouldn't show my steps because I I forget the steps, right? I would just like write down the answer, and then out of five points available for a particular answer i got one of the points which is the right answer but the other four were for showing my steps and i'm like this is this sucks but i, I got the right answers but yeah but you didn't show your step to get to the answer so you only get one out of five points for each of those questions right so uh yeah that was brutal it sounds really demotivating because it <laughs> probably showed yeah. an immense amount of promise and yeah i like i got the right answer like give me the whole five because no, no no you get one out of five for the right answer you you know you didn't show you were yeah it's very demotivating but like you know i was good at math and this is kind of how i passed high school was like you know getting the right answers just not showing how i got there mm. and how about the positive aspects of it because you've been a, a founder for what the last 10 years has that been partly as a result of wanting to control what you you focus on yeah, so I think with 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 um, like being a founder, um, especially at the early stage of of a company, like you jump from one thing to another, right? And there are lots of critical problems, like you know things that are on fire, which I think works really good for an ADD brain. Um, as the company grows, like and things get more systemized and less stuff, you know, catches fire, right? Um, it, it you know becomes more problematic, but. At the beginning of the company, everything's shiny, everything's new. You get to create all this stuff, and uh, so I think the ADD is extremely helpful there. Uh, mm. But yeah, you know, by the time it's like, hey, you, you know, there are processes for raising invoice, just like, or no, we have a set price. You can't just make up a number uh, that can <laughs> feel like it. Um, you know, things things start to get more difficult. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think I tend to thrive in environments where there's a bit of a crisis going on or opportunities to be creative which is sometimes yeah. stressful. I have a manager, right? Very good at, at uh, not the crisis situation, right? You know, he had a, he had a talk with me the other day and goes, you know, if there was ever a car accident or, or, or some kind of catastrophe, I would look to you for, uh, you know, hey, this is, this is the action taken now. Like do this, do this, do this, right? Because I'm sure your brain works very well when there's something to fire. But when we need to think about like second order thinking, Right, uh, you know, my brain stops working, and like I'll just say, no, you you do that because I'm going to uh, get distracted, and uh, you know, start looking at I don't know LinkedIn or Reddit or something like that. Yeah, so you mentioned you mentioned your um, 
all, all the shiny things that, that happen when you're a, when you're a founder and also having to implement the dreary processes. Like, would you be willing to tell us a little bit more about your day-to-day work? Yeah. So at this point, I mostly uh, work in sales and marketing for our company, right? Um, so uh, I'll give you a super brief background. Uh, our company's Ether Automation. We do Zoho development, right? Uh, and so one of the things that, you know, pro- I'm, I'm very good at programming, right? I code a lot myself on things that I'm interested in. But at our company at this point, I do very little, like very little for like finance. Right. So my, my day-to-day is mostly, you know, I get a bunch of emails, like message clients, right? It's mostly communications, getting on calls. I, I don't know what it is, but getting on a call with a client or someone on our team, I seem to be able to go through that conversation. I'll say it with like 80% focus, right? Like I can focus during the conversation. Um, often if they send me an email or, or a long message, I'm like, I, I can't read this. I'm going to lose focus halfway through. Um, and so most of my day at this point is, is spent like, uh, you know, on calls with clients. Um, and then a, a smaller portion of that is emailing or messaging clients, right? We use Click internally. It's like a messaging platform. So I can communicate with my clients with text message. And so I don't have to deal with any form of communication that uh, sometimes happens in like a corporate environment. Where it's like, a, hey, here's all the questions we have about a project, and it's like three pages long. Like most of that gets um, gets avoided by using short form communication, which uh, I, I seem to be very. What type of clients are you mainly dealing with? I imagine it's not the corporate clients. So we mostly deal with like it, it, it's kind of funny. So we're a Zoho partner, uh, but our primary customer is actually other Zoho partners. So we do a white labeled uh, Zoho development. Uh, we have a white label from first, um, and then so partners come up with ideas with their clients, and then they turn to us and say, "I don't want to do this." Um, you know, here you go, and then we would implement that on their behalf, and then we demo it to them and their clients, and that's kind of how we we operate. Yeah, cool. So a another Zoho partner that can't do Deluge script, you take care of it for them. Exactly. Yeah, Deluge script. It could be Node or or, or Python, uh, but when we talk about Zoho, it's mostly Sweet. And how about when you're not working? What do you? What are your hobbies? So I have uh, I have a, a, a YouTube channel, right? Uh, and uh, I help out. Um, I'm going to say help out in, in big quotes with uh, like our the political process here in our very small town. So for YouTube, I, I play this, this mobile game called uh, Polytopia, right? Um, it's like the turn-based thing elon musk plays it if that's your thing uh it's like a newer version of chess right so i play that and then i um save the the matches and then i comment on them like uh john madden i don't know if you guys have john madden down there he's like this um a football guy who draws on the screen and says you gotta run this way yeah so i I comment on yeah yeah nfl i i'm not into football but like i saw this mad tv sketch where uh, John Madden tried to open up a corn popper. Um, anyway, uh, it makes sense when you uh, connect all the dots. But I comment on on my Polytopia matches as John Madden, and I put that on too. Uh, if it's not that, um, I uh, so I I watch like I'm in a very small town uh, on on Vancouver, huge area, very small population. 
And so uh, we have uh, uh, town council. And so I, I watch the town council meetings and then I provide alternatives uh, for like how they plan on spending taxes, right? So uh, recently I, I put a proposal to to council council members about uh, they're doing something with electric electric garbage trucks. And I'm like, oh, actually, if you do it this way, you can drop everyone in town taxes thirteen dollars instead of raising it one hundred and you know eighty dollars. Um, so that's those are the two things I do with my spare time is uh, weird John Madden Polytopia videos and uh, you know uh, my civic duty to help politicians make better decisions. Nice. <laughs> are you planning to become a counselor yourself at some point? I have I have no 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 plans right now. Uh, the company takes all my time, and uh, to be honest, I, I've I've seen the news with our our, our uh, like our news for the counselor. I'm like, ah, that looks toxic. Uh, submit proposals and um, you know that seems like an easier thing to do right now we're just going to take a quick break we'll be back in a minute hello there this is joey i'm excited to tell you about a project i run where i help imaginative people just like you breathe life into their creative dreams like writing that book or performing that stand-up comedy set i know the first step can be daunting i've been there many times and have helped many people on a similar journey If you've wondered how to bring those ideas swimming around in your head to life, get in touch. We'll shrink the intimidating dragon of a goal into a cute little lizard of an achievable daily habit that you can do every day to get started and stay moving. Click on the link in the show description to get in touch. And we're back again. And Joey's got a question now. So, Andrew, um, what does your morning routine look like and how has that evolved over time? Right now, my morning routine uh what is it is get up shower teeth then i have a call with um uh, a friend of mine uh where we like create our day so we talk about like you know what what we're resisting what we're going to do about it um you know who are we creating ourselves to be that day uh then i eat my breakfast and then uh i walk to my office it's actually our office right you know like 10 minutes away from my house so I walk to the office, and then when I get to the office, I uh, turn on my computer, I sit down, and then this uh, this, this this program I use, Focus Bear, uh, not not Habit Bear, as I made the mistake <laughs> earlier, uh, uh, stops whatever I'm doing to do my my morning routine, my my office morning routine, uh, which has like some some exercises, and then like um, like it forces me to like think about what I need to do that day, so I write down like list and then i use notion to uh assemble my my to-do list for that day right and then that's when i get going so you do the exercises in the office but in are you office, one of yeah. the you're one of the first uh, yeah. people there so you don't have to worry about other people watching there's also also other rooms and i'm also shameless so uh you know i don't care if people think you're doing squats like what are they gonna do hey you're doing squats yeah i'm doing <laughs> squats they're good for you i'm uh you know gotta get the break blood flowing i'll just go out to the office no problem love it i remember at an office um uh, i was at we would actually um have a push-up competition well when i say we there was like 30 people in the office and it was me and this other guy uh we'd have this uh push-up competition and we'd write our tally up on the board oh sorry not on the board on the window <laughs> so, like people walking by could possibly see like every, what everyone's score was <laughs> yeah that's that's funny yeah 
then then people walking by can hold you accountable, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah right. Joey's winning now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, although I guess they would be possibly reading the reverse of it, wouldn't they? Like they're looking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo would. I love the the call in the morning. Can you tell us any more about that? So I took a uh, a personal development course. Uh, it was about a year long uh, called Landmark. Um, it was a communication program. And uh, while I was in that program, uh, they pair you up with someone else in the program and you do this thing each morning, right? Um, and uh, when I when I finished that program, one of the other guys who also finished at the same time as me was like, "Hey, this is a good structure. Do you want to keep doing that?" And I think that was like three years ago when we started doing that. So I've been having like a, uh, a call, it's actually two calls a day, one in the morning, one in the evening, uh, with him for like three three years at this point. So um, yeah, it it, it works sometimes. Uh, other times, like the the day hits you, and and suddenly like all those things that you're planning to be and do that day, it's not happening. Like I'm, you know, back to grump, you know, your grumpy self and uh, you know, oh, I was planning on on being really in communication with people. And now I'm not replying to emails because I don't want to deal with these people anymore. Right. So uh yeah, that's kind of how it started and how it's going. Mm. But I imagine it it there's more days where it helps than it doesn't if you've been doing it for three years. It sounds really powerful. Yeah. Like you know, it, it, it's really the to uh like identify like okay what am i actually resisting today like what do i not want to do or like uh, i'm avoiding doing uh you know that kind of thing and so you you language it and then at the end of the day like did you did you do it did did you deal with that thing you were resisting right um and uh it it kind of sucks going to the end of the day and then going oh, i didn't i didn't do that thing and it's like oh but you said you were going to do that thing in the morning yeah, it's the evening now. I, I know you, you got to deal with that thing. So it's kind of like nice account- accountability. Hmm. Yeah. And great that it's a peer, peer-to-peer system probably makes yeah. it easier to be vulnerable when the other person is going to be vulnerable too. Yeah. You know, I, you know, again, we've been doing, doing this for a while. Uh, I'm not going to go in, into his life, but like, you know, lots of life moments happens, you know, over there and over here. And so, uh, you know, we're you know, very much aware of what, what's going on with the other person. Hmm. So you, you do your, your morning routine, you've done your to-do list and you've set the intentions for the day. What do you do to optimize your productivity for the rest of the day? I, I keep score, right? So I mentioned like that uh, to-do list that I, I put together in Notion, right? So all those things, like uh, I have no problem coming up with a list of things to do. Right, like it's very easy to go. Oh, and this, and this, and this. Oh, and I need to do this and this. And like it, it, it never ends, right? And so the, the the tool kind of helps me identify what's important, right? By like you know the the the, the value per hour, right? So um, at the the if I'm ever like not doing something, I look at hey, what's the most value per hour thing I could do? And I don't have to then think of that thing. I just look at oh yeah, it's it's already scored. And so, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, then I can see, oh, you know what worked today was, you know, going for lunch early, um, you know, I don't know, not having so many meetings or whatever, whatever that is. Um, and then over time, I like optimize it. So like at the end of my day, I, I click a button and then it, it grabs all the things I did that day. 
And then it has a score for like the value of those things and the amount of hours for them. And then uh, I take a bunch of notes about like what worked, what didn't, and you know, where I can improve. And then I just kind of build those into what I'm doing the next day. Right. But I think the big one for me in, uh, in terms of optimizing productivity is just like dump, dump all the things I need to do and then have the things to work by the most value per hour. Yeah, Andrew. Like, um, when when you're talking about value per hour, like my my mouth started frothing because uh, that that is something that I am really uh like uh, something that I'm trying to calculate for myself. I, I call it like a leverage score. So it's basically like if I if I work on this thing for like an hour, will it give me more like bang for my buck than this other thing? And so, uh, like I'm not sure if it's your secret sauce or anything, but uh, like could you share with the audience any anything any more details about like how you come up with that like a calculation for value? Yeah. So um, uh, let's say I dump a bunch of uh, to to do items uh, into this list, right? If I rank them in terms of value between one and five, right? Five being high value, one being low value, right? It's kind of arbitrary, um, uh, but we just say, you know, a score of five. Uh, then I dump in to another field to say, okay, I think it's going to take an hour. This is going to take an hour. Or this is like five minutes. It's going to take five minutes, right? And then it just divides the value by the, the hour. Right, and then sort it, right? And so, um, you know, certain things that may be, uh, you know, like closing a sale, maybe, you know, uh, four, right? Because that, that provides a, a little value. Um, and that may take 30 minutes, um, but there may be something else that's, uh, you know, like this, this internal project I'm working on um, for my emails, um, that may be a value of five, it's gonna take right? So that's not getting, right? Um, and so that's kind of how I, how I uh, organize, prioritize that is just using a simple, simple map of going, okay, what's, what's the impact of this time? Does the yeah. value factory in urgency as well? It doesn't, right? Um, which, you know, I think that's where the ADD brain kicks in. If something is urgent, it just gets dealt with sooner because the brain's, oh, urgent, shiny thing right now. Uh, so mm. I don't, it doesn't factor in urgency, just importance. Uh, so there is some, uh, you know, probably some glitches in the system. Uh, ultimately, I'm picking the thing I'm 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 working on. Um, but you know, if there's nothing urgent, I just start at the top of the list and work my way down. I think I could benefit from that because I I do my list and I I sort of try and follow the Eisenhower matrix. But I think this approach of actually stack ranking them it makes a lot of sense. I used to spend a lot of time um, like writing, writing to-do lists on on pen and paper, right? And yeah. you know, it, I, I'd plan out my week and I'd sort it by like marketing and operations and sales and admin and HR and all these things, right? Uh, then I have a list of all these things to do, and then oh well, I feel like working on marketing, right? Um, but like they're not sorted. There's a lot of things to do. Um, I've tried the Eisenhower matrix and. Uh, Everything is either important, right? It, like it, you know, there's nothing that's not important, right? And and so like, okay, what's the line between important and not important? No idea, right? So that became like uh, very difficult to stay on top of. Um, this one, like, I still sort tasks, like you know, it says whether it's for marketing or for sales or something or whatever, right? Um, I still sort them that way, but it's it, um, only if like, oh, I'm on a good sales day. Let's only do sales tasks now. 
right? Um, and, and not necessarily like a Eisenhower matrix kind of thing. Does that does that does that make sense? Okay, so it, it factors in your your current energy levels and where you feel you have flow as well. Yeah, well, that more happens at the end of the day. You know, I, I mentioned I click that button, which then calculates you know the the hours and the points that I got. Right. So I then factor in like, okay, how irritable am I? You know, what time did I go to bed last night? Or what time did I actually fall asleep? Or or what's my mood or what's thing? Right. And then uh, I can run like a, a report or an a, you know, run some kind of analytics on each day performance over the past, you know, year and see, oh, you know, I seem to work a lot better when I take you know, this the scoop of this green powder in in during breakfast, like a third into my my cup or whatever. It's weird. Like my productivity, the points is on average, you know, uh, ten more than days without it. I should really buy that stuff again. Or you know, hey, you know, I think to work a lot better when I'm not upset. Weird. That's it's so strange how that works. You know, when your brain is not mad, like you get more done. Huh? I should really like take time off or go for a walk or something like that. And so that's kind of where the feedback comes into play is the, you know, as I do more of these like end of day reporting, I can then say, oh, okay, I'm upset or uh, if I'm tired, I should just call it a day or, you know, go for a walk or whatever that is. And it's funny, uh, Andrew, that you mentioned that, uh, like you, you were saying, oh, it's funny how like when I'm, when I'm um, mad that I I don't get so much stuff stuff done. I think might be the other way around. I can't remember. Uh, but like I think I find that when I'm mad, I tend to get more stuff done. Or if I'm if I'm like if I'm um, a little bit like uh, got a bit of a low mood, I think I'll be less likely to want to go outside and go for a walk. Uh, I think I'll just be more inclined to just like sit at my desk and just like just like uh, <laughs> like with darkness over my head, just like uh, start hacking away things it's interesting like i get the impulse to for it to be that way and like maybe that you know again maybe that's true for you um yeah. one of the things i i learned you know through the landmark program is like there's a, there's a huge gap between what you think works right and the reality of it and this is why i started measuring it's like i really like you're right I, you know i used to think that like i code better or code faster when i'm mad because like i'll be mad at the computer and i'll just code faster right and, and when I started measuring it, like, it's not true. Like, it, it, like I look at, like, what I get done in a day when I'm mad or what I get done in a day when I'm, you know, in the zone, right? Like, and I'm like, oh, there's there's a huge difference, right? Because um, I'm like, you know, my brain does some things very well, but, like, uh, I, I don't think it, it's particularly good at objectively looking at how productive I was. I'm like, I might as well keep score and have the computer do it. Yeah, and I find there's a negative productivity hit associated with being mad for me that I, I tend to communicate in a, a grumpy tone to other people, and that then negatively impacts their productivity. But, yeah, yeah, and, all trickles, and, and when you're working with a team, like that's huge, right? Like if you're in a bad mood and that makes them have in a bad mood, everyone has low productivity. Like you know, you're you're not just sacrificing your own productivity, like you're you're, you're sacrificing the team's productivity. You might as well, okay, take ten minutes off. Go walk because otherwise you're going to ruin a lot more than 10 minutes by being grumpy to you know a, a client or a team member or something like that yeah that's that's a really good habit it's great awareness and a good like habit as well to basically say okay i know i'm not like in my most resourceful state instead of instead of like 
uh, coding angrily and doing it quickly and maybe, maybe like putting a whole, like also coding quickly a whole bunch of bugs into your, into your program as well. It's it. You take some time away. So that's a really great habit. I'd like to actually ask you about some um, bad habits that you have or have removed from your life. Can you tell us a bit more about that, Andrew? I, I used to swear a lot. Like it was, it was every third word. Um, like it was, it was, it was, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't exaggerate it enough. Like it was, it may have been every third word. Um, it got so bad. Um, you know, there were some customer facing documents we had, right. Um, the, the one that comes to mind, you know, uh, we had a process map where we were, we were managing the, you know, uh, something that was going wrong in, in automation and the process map was called unfuck and then the client name. Right. And so we, we spent all the time working on this process map, like, okay, let's get on a call with the client, make sure they're on the same page. And I'd share my screen and start going through it. And you know, I'm there, my account manager's there, and the CEO of their company's there, and they're marketing. And I'm sharing my screen, and like, we're, I don't know, 15 minutes in, and uh, head of marketing starts laughing. What I, what I say, just, is the title of that document unfucked DVA? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that's hilarious. That is so funny. It's great that he found it really funny, right? But it could have been disastrous. Like if that was a you know a, a, a nonprofit or or you know, some government um, organization, like we're we're losing that contract, we're getting blackballed. So we got lucky that one. But an, an employee, an employee of my, I don't have a problem with it, and, and no one's told me that they have a problem with it. But we swear a lot at this company, right? And and that's because you swear a lot at this company. And so we ended up, you know, uh, implementing policies around swearing, which uh, I also had to adhere to because it's a company-wide policy. And then over time, that the impulse to swear all the time kind of goes, you know, went away. Uh, that That's probably like, one of the it was it was a lot. Like at one point, an investor would, you know, you might want to dial that down. Like I get the occasional swear, but then, it's a lot. That that's probably the the, the really bad habit. It's funny because Ben Horowitz, who's an investor at Andreessen Horowitz, he in his book "The Hard Thing About Hard Things," he talks about having had a similar conversation with people on his team, and he was just like, "You know what? I'm not going to change. I think it's healthy. It creates an environment of constructive criticism and." We we encourage people to be hard, tough skinned, and something like that. But I suspect that at least in a external facing environment, it, it's probably good to to not be using it. You know, I had a I had the the, the similar thought when uh, that employee came came up to me and was like, "Hey, you know, swear, we swear a lot." I'm like, okay, so either I can, I you know, I was thinking the same thing. Like, no, no, it creates this culture of like you can say what you need to say, you know, communicate. Right. And, and culture communication is really good. On the other hand, like by saying no to this employee, it also creates a culture of like the boss does what he wants. Right. And like that doesn't, you know, that means like, oh, I'm not a team player and we're not a team, like bosses we want and we're all just, you know, uh, subjects. And I didn't want that culture, which is why, like, okay, let's, let's definitely change. Well, that's really impressive. You've been able to change it because it, it sounds like it was pretty ingrained. It was, it was every third yeah. word. Yeah, there was there was a lot of swearing, and I haven't counted any so far in this podcast. So just just the one, actually, the two where I said, you know, <laughs> uh, un unfuck then the client name, which now makes three. 
<laughs> I, th- I think I think um, unfuck is okay. Like unfuck isn't a swear word, isn't it? It's only the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Remember, um, well, it... okay. like, we can we can swear, can't we, Jess? We can swear, right? Yeah, yeah swearing is fine. Fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about how you switch off at night. I, I'm not really a swearing kind of guy, so I don't think I can do it. But feel <laughs> free right. to use profanity to talk about how you wind down in the evening. I take a lot of supplements to kind of wind me down. So I, I, I'm not great at winding down, right? Uh, sleep is, is very difficult, right? So I, I take um, uh, this thing that I buy online called Lunamind. Um, which has like melatonin and tryptophan and a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, I have like a whole whole plethora of pills to kind of relax me. Um, and then uh, <laughs> that's all I got. I'm I'm not really a wind down kind of person. Like I wait for the the you know the up knock me out right because uh, I without it like I'm just staying awake until it's too late for the next day. Mm. When do you take the lunar mind at a consistent time? 9.30, my alarm goes off to go and grab it. Uh, yeah. So I get, get up and go grab it. And then it kicks in like 20 or so minutes. And then mm-hmm. I somehow stumble into bed. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, every day, 9.30. If I, if I do it any later, I'm like groggy in the morning the next day. Mm-hmm. So like if it's 9.20 and I'm not home, like I start getting... Antsy, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to be groggy tomorrow. So, um, hmm. yeah, that's how it works. I, I have noticed if I take it at ten, like, you know, first, like, first hour or so is much more difficult than 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 normal. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What time do you normally get up? Uh, my alarm goes off at six thirty. Um, I then uh, check social media, check my email. I don't answer any of the emails, but I, uh, I, I didn't mention this in my morning routine. Like I, I lay in bed and scroll for 30 minutes and then <laughs> I get out of bed at uh, at seven. Yeah, right. I have to get you the new version of Focus Pair, which can block social media on your phone. I've tried that. Um uh like it, not 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 Focus Pair, the, the mobile version of Focus Pair, but I've tried not looking at it in the morning. Um and I didn't I didn't like it at all. Like I ended up just like sitting on my hand for time in the morning. Like I I guess I can go for a walk. I don't know. Like I'd have to completely restructure my morning if I'm not doing that, which I think is the harder part of not looking at social media. Like for that period is like, Oh, I know I now have like an extra 30 minutes to do something with. And that's, you know, I could find another habit in there, but if it's first thing in the morning, I don't know how, how awake I'm going to be. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll try the new version of folks fair though. <laughs> Maybe cold shower, do some. I I already do cold. I don't man. I'm terrible at saying what's in my 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 morning routine. They, I already do cold shower. I read this thing about um, having a cold shower helps with like your your dopamine receptors during mm-hmm. the day, and like that's the apparently the big thing for ED is like oh your brain is not doing dope mm-hmm. by like the drug NDRIs right. And so um, I do cold showers. Oh, apparently it's like 30% more dopamine. Cool. My brain could be, could use 30% more dopamine. So I do cold showers. Already. So you do that after you, you're you in bed, letting your body yeah. wake up, then you'll get up and at that point have the cold shower. shower. 
Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's Canada. So it's really cold. In the winter, <laughs> like it's, it's a really cold shower. Like sometimes like, I leave the shower, my skin look kind of red. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why I do. <laughs> yeah. It's probably literally just about freezing. Sometimes, yeah. Like when it's, when it's really cold out there, like it, it might as well be, be frozen water. Cause it's, yeah, it's brutal. It's really cold. Hmm. Yeah, I I know. Like, so I'm a I'm a big fan of the cold showers in the morning as well. And so um, I'm I'm in Sydney, and it's um it's not proper. Like, I'm pretty sure it's not proper cold. It's it's not proper Canada cold. But I can tell you that during winter, uh, when I when I have the cold showers, I like parts of my body start feeling numb. Like I get like numb legs and like <laughs> numb, like brain freeze and stuff like that. But it's um it's meant to be just really like um Andrew was saying, it's I, th- I think it's like one of those things where when you when you shift your body like in one direction with a intentional stressor, the body like tries to balance it with like more um good stuff to it's basically like going, oh okay, we need to sort you out. So you you end up feeling like um euphoric uh like especially if you've got a dose of caffeine after it um with tea or some coffee yeah you just feel unstoppable <laughs> yeah the, the the problem is like i i don't feel euphoric after those cold showers very cold and i am yeah. like uh i'll bitch and whine about it um uh, i <laughs> i don't have caffeine until i get to the office and i i'm realizing like oh, man there's things I'm, i've left out of my morning routine like there's a lot that i left anyway so i when I walk through my office, that's actually where I take, I take pre-workout, right? Because uh, again, read this thing about uh, cortisol. And if you can delay the, the caffeine, right? Until a little further in your, your day, your mornings will feel as groggy. Oh, don't talk to me until I've had coffee, right? So, you know, it, that takes about an hour and a half, could be two hours for, you know, after I wake up until I get any caffeine. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, don't really feel euphoric, just cold, and uh, you know, uh-huh. now I gotta now now I gotta go outside and walk to work. Oh, okay. A lot of things to talk about, Andrew. It sounds like you're a fan of the um, Andrew Huberman podcast. Is that is that correct? Or um, I no? sort of. Uh, every once in a while, I see his shorts, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good point. I'll, I'll that. But uh, it's like an hour, an hour and a half long. Well, three hours. I, oh, three hours. Yeah. All I know is like that's that's so long. Like. Uh, I'm waiting for like GPT four to be able to summarize that in like a paragraph uh-huh. or something like that. It just it's too long for me, and I'm I don't I don't have three hours uh, to listen to this guy and take notes. I'll just watch the short and take the the compressed version. Hmm. Yeah, there's, I, I do uh, like like I like it short when whenever I see them. Yeah, his shorts are really good. So, uh, like, there's there's actually a YouTube channel. I'm not sure if this is what you're referring to, Andrew, but there's like a there's a YouTube channel called Huberman Shorts, uh, which is seems to be um, pretty good. Uh, and he's on Instagram as well. There's like a lot of um, shorts that he posts as well on there. So, yeah, it's um, I think I think um, his his stuff is really good as well, but very long and very dense. So it's uh, kind of difficult to keep up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen. I may have seen the the shorts on YouTube. I have an app on my phone. I don't know the name of it, but it actually it blocked Instagram for like eighty percent of my day, um, which I clearly missed when he asked about, hey, what, you know, what kind of tools you use? But like, it blocked Instagram, it blocked Facebook, it blocked you know Reddit, a bunch of other things. Uh, so I, I just don't end up looking at anything on Instagram. Hmm. One last question with the evening routine. It sounds like, are you getting basically eight and a half hours of sleep? 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't flex on that. If someone's like, Oh, stay up a little later. It doesn't matter if it's the weekend. Like, no, I, I take my Luna mine at nine 30. Right. Mm. And then I, I go to bed around 10 and fall asleep by 10 30. And I'm not, I'm not negotiating. Like mm. if I miss, you know, half an hour of that, like my performance drops the next day. And I mm. know this because I, I track that. Right. Mm. So, oh, you know, I went to bed at 11. Why was my performance so bad? Oh yeah. No, I went to bed at 11. That makes mm. sense. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I need that amount of sleep. And I've felt a bit yeah. bad about that, but I think it's the only way that it's an exponential yeah. difference. Oh yeah. Sleep's important. And and I don't I don't understand some of those entrepreneurs that are like, no, no, no. Six hours is enough. And like, no, it's no, it's not. <laughs> you're not getting stuff done if you're if you're uh you have six hours of sleep. Uh well, one of the tricky things about sleep deprivation is uh what I've read is that the more sleep deprived you are, the less you are aware of the effects of the sleep deprivation. It's almost like you've mm-hmm. descended in, it's just like the water that you start swimming in. And so uh, like you can get into this vicious cycle of of um, basically getting through with like a substat, like you're getting through with a 30% battery. Uh, and then you just, yeah, you just like um, get used to living an unoptimized life, which is what Derek Sivers would recommend, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, um on in terms of resources and books and philosophies like apps sensory toys um uh, what what do you find helpful in productivity and habit formation yeah I, i'm i'm a religious notion user right so i i organize my whole life so the, you know the 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 task tracking thing i mentioned the the daily report of like how my performance was you know, uh, everything from like uh you know goal setting um uh, I also have a second brain in Notion, right? Like I'm, I'm a religious Notion. I would recommend that, right? Like uh, my, my entire life runs out of Notion, right? Mm. Not, a, not a thing I think of or a thing I need to do or a thought I have or thing. Anyway, it, it's all in Notion. In, in terms of philosophies, I think it was he- uh, Heidegger who uh, talked about like the, the importance of language. Right. And so I, you know, I, this may have been some stuff from Landmark. This may have been either Heidegger or Frederick Nietzsche, like that. But I'm a firm believer in honoring my word. Right. Uh, and, and that's uh, now, again, that, that may be somewhat toxic. Right. Because, like, if I say, uh, you know, say, say, you know, XYZ, like that, that's a promise, even if it was an offhand comment, like that's a promise. I have to do that now. Right. And so, um, in terms of how this, kind of helps with productivity. I don't I don't know if it's good for productivity, but it's good for output. Right. So it doesn't mean I'm more, you know, outputs per hour, but I'm I'm delivering the the total output that I promised. Right. And uh so in terms of philosophy, like that's the most important one, I think, is just like you know, what you say is 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 a promise and you need not now need to do it. That seems really aligned with the the call that you have in the morning and the evening as well, having that accountability there. Yeah, and he has the same exact exact same philosophy. Like you know, these are uh, you know, it's an integrity issue, right? And and from from my understanding, performance is uh, derived out of integrity, right? So um, you know, the most basic level of integrity is just honoring your word, and then you know, it kind of goes up from there. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and at some layer, like I, I guess this could be toxic. I think it's toxic if you hold other people to this level of their word. But like, this is what I use to like, hey, no, I, um, I said this and this is what I'm going to deliver. 
that's kind of uh, sometimes it means I work longer because you know I said this is gonna be today and I just got distracted a bunch of times and now I'm just working longer because I promised to get it done for the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. With the Notion templates, are they shareable? My personal ones are not shareable, um, only because I, I don't I don't know how to like uh, I have to template them in a way because right now it has all my data. I do have a Notion template that I'm uh, I'm, I'm selling on Gunroad, um, and it is a thing to uh, plan your grocery shop, right? So like you you pick what you want to eat that week, and it knows what's in your fridge, and then it says, "Hey, here's your grocery list, uh, and here's how much that's going to cost you," right? So uh, that one's that one's downloadable. Awesome. Well, we were, I was about to ask you where people can connect with you or find your work. So we'll have to include that Gumroad link as well as your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, where to connect me, I'm I'm a heavy LinkedIn user. I post three times a week. Actually, it could be four times a week. I do all my stuff through LinkedIn. Well, Andrew, it's been wonderful having you on. Do you have any final words or us for our audience? Uh, add me on LinkedIn. How's, how's that for final words? That's a great final word. And thanks. And we'll wrap the show with that. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Focus and Chill podcast. To listen to other episodes, jump onto podcast.focusbear.io. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit, email us at team at focusbear.io. Otherwise, stay focused, stay chilled and peace out. <laughs>